You are listening to audio from First Baptist Church in Fort Walton Beach. If you would like more resources or to watch our service online, please visit fbcfwb.org. Listen in as Pastor Wade helps us abide in Christ and advance the gospel through the teaching and the proclamation of God's Word. I'm talking about my mother. She's in heaven now, and she was the smartest person I've ever known. And when you would watch a movie with her, particularly some sort of mystery, she would always tell you what was going to happen before it happened. And it was annoying, particularly murder mysteries. She'd always tell you who the killer was before the big reveal. I'm like, Mom, just keep it to yourself. There's a slang word that we use to speak of the murder mystery genre. It's the phrase kind of mashed together, who done it? Who done it? Well, this morning we're going to talk about the death of Jesus Christ. And I want you to know that the death of Jesus Christ is not a who done it. Because the Bible tells us who did it. And the answer, or the answers to the question, who killed Jesus, might surprise you. So keeping that in mind, look with me in John chapter 19, the Gospel of John chapter 19. I'm going to share some remarks and then we will transition into the ordinance of the Lord's Supper. But we're going to begin in John chapter 19, verse 16. John chapter 19, verse 16. I want to ask you this morning, if you are physically able to please stand with me in honor of the reading of God's Word. John 19, verse 16, the Bible says, So he, and that speaks of Pontius Pilate, the Roman governor. He delivered him, that's Jesus, over to them, that's the Roman soldiers, to be crucified. So they took Jesus and he went out, bearing his own cross to the place called the place of a skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. The Latin is Calvary. There, verse 18 There they crucified him, and with him two others, one on either side, and Jesus between them. Let's pray together this morning. Father in heaven, we praise your great name. You are the reason that we're here. You are the center of attention. It's all about you. We've come to worship you. We've come to ascribe to you the worth that is due your name. We've come to remember your grace and your goodness and your glory. We've come, Lord, to be fed by your word, trusting that you will use your word to transform us by the power of the Holy Spirit. So, Lord, as we study your word, as we... Celebrate the ordinance of the Lord's Supper. 
I pray that you would speak to us in an unforgettable way. That our lives might be changed. And we'll thank you and praise you for that grace. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Who killed Jesus? In a few moments, we will celebrate the Lord's Supper, which is done as an act of obedience to Jesus, because Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper 2,000 years ago, and he said, do this in remembrance of me. Jesus intended for the Lord's Supper to bring us to the foot of the cross. So it is fitting that as we think about the cross, as we survey the wondrous cross, that, that we think about who actually killed Jesus. And the answers are revealing. And there are five answers to that question. Answer number one, who killed Jesus? This is the most obvious. The Romans killed Jesus. Pontius Pilate had the authority to implement and carry out the death penalty there in Jerusalem. The Romans were in control of Israel and Pontius Pilate was the Roman governor who was exercising authority over that area. And Pontius Pilate decreed that Jesus would be crucified and he handed him over to the Roman soldiers. The Roman soldiers were trained in the cruel arts of crucifixion. They knew how to take a condemned person and cause them great physical suffering and anguish. The Bible teaches that when Jesus was first handed over to the Roman soldiers, that they whipped him with the cat of nine tails, which was a long piece of leather. At the end of the leather were embedded pieces of bone and metal. So when a Roman soldier would lay that piece of leather over someone's back and then pull it back, it would pull strips of flesh with it. And Jesus was beaten with a cat of nine tails. Some people suffered so much under that flogging that they died from the flogging alone. After Jesus was flogged, he was beaten, he was mocked, he was spit upon. And after the order from Pontius Pilate, they placed a rough wooden beam on his back. And they forced Jesus to carry it to the place of crucifixion, the place of the skull, Golgotha. He was so weakened by his flogging and his blood loss, he could not carry it the entire way. They had to commandeer someone named Simon of Cyrene from the crowd to help Jesus carry that crossbeam to that place of execution. Once he was there, they laid Jesus across that crossbeam and they nailed his hands to that cross. The Romans would put the nail through the base of the hand, right where all of the nerves come together from the wrist and the hand, a place of maximum pain. They nailed Jesus, the perfect Son of God, to that cross. And then they placed that cross on a 
vertical beam and they nailed his feet to the cross. They lifted up that cross and placed it in a hole. And from nine in the morning to three in the afternoon, every time Jesus needed to take a breath, he would pull up on those nails, bleeding, suffering, slowly suffocating, dying on the cross. So when we think about the Romans actually executing Jesus, putting him on the cross, nailing him to the cross, we're reminded of the brutality and injustice of Jesus' death. Pilate, the governor, condemned an innocent man. Jesus never did anything wrong. If you read the gospel narrative, all he did was help people and minister to people and heal people and set people free and teach great truths. He never did anything wrong and yet he was condemned to die on the cross and he suffered the physical agony of crucifixion. This speaks of the brutality and injustice of Jesus' death. So the most obvious answer to the question, who killed Jesus, is the Romans. They're the ones that had the hammer and the nails. They're the one that hung him there to die. But that's not the complete answer to that question. When we answer the question, who killed Jesus, not only do we need to say the Romans, but secondly, we need to say the Jews. Because look back with me in John chapter 19, where we read a bit earlier. And look what it says in verse 12. The Bible says, from then on, after Pilate had an interview with Jesus, trying to figure out why he was so unpopular among the Jewish religious elite, it says Pilate sought to release him. Pilate found no fault in Christ. He wanted to release him. But the Jews cried out. And this, this is a, a veiled threat in this statement. If you release this man, you are not Caesar's friend. Everyone who makes himself a king opposes Caesar. They were saying here that Jesus claims to be the Messiah, the king of the Jews. If you release him, you are setting free someone who rivals the claims of Caesar himself. And Caesar, the king of Rome, won't look kindly on you, Pilate, when, he tell him, when we tell him about this. They're using blackmail to get Pilate to do what they want him to do. So when Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus out and sat down on the judgment seat at a place called the Stone Pavement in an Aramaic Gabbatha. It was the day of preparation of the Passover. It was about the sixth hour. He said to the Jews, behold your king. And they, the Jews, led by the religious leaders, cried out, away with him, away with him, crucify him. The Jews were applying immense pressure to Pilate to have Jesus killed. They did not have the authority to carry out the death penalty because they were under Roman rule. They needed the Roman governor to, to order the death penalty. And so the Jews are crying out to have Jesus crucified. This speaks of the rejection of Jesus. Now an obvious question arises. Why did the Jewish religious leaders want Jesus to die. Well, hold your place, but turn to Matthew chapter 21 with me. Matthew chapter 
21. Verse 33. Jesus knew what was coming. And Jesus shares a parable to speak of the rejection that he would experience. In Matthew 21, verse 33. Jesus says, hear another parable. There was a master of a house who planted a vineyard and put a fence around it and dug a wine press in it and built a tower and leased it to tenants and went into another country. When the season for fruit drew near, he sent his servants to the tenants to get his fruit. Now, as we continue to read through this parable, we see that Jesus here is is using this imagery of a a vineyard and a wine press protected by a tower as a picture of the nation of Israel. God chose Israel to be his his special people. And he did so much to to bless them and to, to, to work through them. And it says, when he came looking for fruit, it says... He sent his servants in verse 34. And the tenants took his servants and beat one, killed another, and stoned another. In other words, when God would send his servants, when he would send his prophets to speak truth to the nation of Israel, they would reject what God had to say. Again, he sent other servants, more than the first, and they did the same to them. Finally, he sent his son to them, saying, they will respect my son but when the tenants saw the son they said to themselves this is the heir come let us kill him and have his inheritance and they took him and threw him out of the vineyard and what killed him what's Jesus saying in this parable he's saying that when God sends his son to his people the religious elite, the religious leaders will not want to lose their influence. They will not want to bow their knee to Jesus and recognize him as Messiah. And so they will have him killed. And it is through the the pressure of the Jewish religious leaders who rallied the crowds that Pilate condemns Jesus to death. So who killed Jesus? Well, the Romans carried out the death penalty. But the Jews were behind it all to to cause Pilate to condemn an innocent man. But there's a third answer to this question. Who killed Jesus? Not only can we say the Romans and the Jews, but third, God the Father. Now that might surprise you. God the Father killed Jesus? How is that possible? Well, the Bible teaches that God, the Father, so loved the world, that's you and me, that he gave his only son. He sent his son, and he sent his son to die for the sins of humanity. He sent his son to die for you and for me. You see, our sin deserves punishment. Our sin calls for the wrath of God. But God loves us and sent Jesus to die for us. Listen, to take our wrath for us. The theological term for that is propitiation. It means that Jesus on the cross took the wrath of God that you and I deserve. The the Father poured out his wrath against our sin. This speaks of Jesus as our propitiation. 
In fact, over in Isaiah 53, the Bible says that that Jesus was slain for our iniquity. And it says in Isaiah 53 verse 10 that it was the will of the Father, the will of the Lord to crush his son. God crushed his son with his wrath and fury against our sin so we would not have to be crushed. Jesus is our propitiation. God the Father punished him in our place. But this also speaks of God's sovereign plan. It's easy to read the gospel narratives and think, well, Jesus was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. He was a, he was a victim of circumstances beyond his control. Well, that's not true. That's not true. I, I want you to see that even through the, the manipulation of the, the, the Jewish leaders and, and through the, the decision of Pilate, God was in control. Over in Acts chapter 2, verses 22 and 23, here's what the Bible says. Peter is speaking on the day of Pentecost. He says, men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves know, this Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God. You crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. So if you just read through the Gospels, it seems like the Jews are calling the shots and, and, and Pilate's calling the shots. But, but Peter reminds us on the day of Pentecost, God is calling the shots. And this is all part of God's sovereign, perfect plan to provide salvation for lost sinners like me and lost sinners like you. God the Father killed Jesus. He punished him so we would not have to be punished. Octavius Winslow writes this. Who delivered up Jesus to die? Not Judas for money, not Pilate for fear, not the Jews for envy, but the Father for love. Who killed Jesus? God the Father killed Jesus, crushing him under the weight of his wrath and fury against our sin. But there's a fourth answer to this question. Who killed Jesus? Well, in one sense, Jesus laid down his life. Jesus laid down his life. Over in John chapter 10, verses 17 and 18, Jesus says, For this reason the Father loves me, because I laid down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, Jesus says, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down. I have authority to take it up again. This speaks of Jesus' love for us. The Bible says, for the joy set before him, Hebrews 12, 2, Jesus endured the cross because he knew That because of his death, because of his substitutionary atonement, that we could be forgiven, we could be saved, we could be reconciled to a holy God. So even as Jesus is dying on the cross, he sees beyond that to what his death would bring about for you and for me. And Jesus willingly laid down his life. He says there, No one takes it from me. I lay it down of my own initiative. 
There's an old hymn we used to sing growing up in church. It says that he, Jesus, he could have called 10,000 angels. He didn't have to go to the cross and die. Pilate thought he was the king, but Jesus is the king of kings. And he says in the gospel narrative, when Peter pulls out his sword, when Jesus is being arrested, he says, put away your sword, Peter. Don't you know I could call 12 legions of angels? The hymn is a little bit off. 12 legions is 72,000. I could call 72,000 angels to come and arrest. I don't have to go. I'm choosing. I'm choosing the cross. Why? Listen to me. Listen to me. Because he loves you. Because he loves you. That's why he willingly laid down his life. And this also speaks of Jesus' obedience to the Father. This is over in Philippians 2.8 that Jesus humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. He was obeying what his Father wanted him to do. So who killed Jesus? Well, the Romans killed Jesus. The Jews killed Jesus. God the Father killed Jesus. Jesus laid down his own life. But there's one more answer to this question. And again, it's not a whodunit. It's clearly in the pages of Scripture. Who killed Jesus? We did. We did. In Romans chapter 5, verse 8, the Bible says that God demonstrates his love for us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. 1 Peter 3.18, For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous Jesus, for the unrighteous, that's us, that we might, he might bring us to God. Hebrews 9.22 says that without the shedding of blood, there's no remission, no forgiveness of sins. So the fact that we are sinners demands a sacrifice, demands shed blood. If God is going to forgive you and forgive me because he is holy, sin must still be punished. And that's why God punished his son in our place when Jesus died on the cross This speaks of our sin and our need for atonement. Now I want you to hear this this quote from John Stott. I believe this is a, a, a powerful thought as we lead into the Lord's Supper. Before we can begin to see the cross as something done for us, we have to see it as something done by us. One of the great worship songs of the day says, It was my sin that held him there until it was accomplished. Why was Jesus dying and suffering in anguish and pain? Why was wrath being poured out upon him from the Father? Why did he feel so forsaken that he says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because of my sin. Because of your sin. 
Jesus took it all on himself and paid the penalty that we deserve to pay. So these different aspects of who was involved in Jesus' death should help us to appreciate the cross and love Jesus even more. And that's why God instituted the Lord's Supper. That we would remember the cross and love him more and more and more. We see from the scriptures who killed Jesus. But aren't you grateful this morning for the reality of the cross? Thank you for listening. We pray you've been encouraged and inspired by God's word. May the Lord richly bless you.